Become our friend on Facebook. Post on our wall your thoughts about our shows and network. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Kids channel. We'll take you behind the scenes and preview new movies and DVD releases. Now, here are your hosts for Kids First Coming Attractions. Thank you and welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. I'm Jerry Orth and today we'll be talking about a lot of things, but first we're going to be talking to Mitchell Whitfield who plays Fix-It in Transformers Robot in Disguise. That's a new Transformers TV series. Really cool. We're also going to be talking about the DVD release of Tomorrowland and Diamond Edition of Aladdin. And we're going to be talking about the show Doozers and the episode Spooky Palooza. But first, we're going to talk to Mitchell, who plays Fix-It in Transformers. How are you doing, Mitchell? You know, Jerry, I'm doing great, but you forgot one thing. When you said he plays Fix-It on Transformers Robots in Disguise, you didn't say, oh, which also happens to be my favorite character of all time of any animated show. That's the one thing you left out. Oh, I'm so sorry. That's okay. I said it for you, so we're good. Awesome. <laughs> I have to say that Fix-It is definitely one of the best characters in this show, and he's my favorite. I love that. It's You know what's really cool? It's it's so much fun, number one, to be able to do an animated show that my kids can watch and something, a franchise that I grew up watching, and then to play a character that's so much fun and bring sort of the comedic element to the team, because he certainly isn't the muscle of the team, but he's more the brains of the team. So for me, it's just it's a blast every week to do. It is really a blast, and your character is one of the funniest, and he definitely brings a good charm to the show. I love that, and and I don't know if you if you picked up on this. You probably did because I know you're a fan and you're you're a smart guy. But he also is responsible, sort of, for having the link between the bots and the humans because he has a lot of stuff to do with the humans on the show, and that's been kind of a cool thing too. Because I think that that human robot relationship is sort of what humanizes the show and makes it kind of popular with people. Yeah, and it's one of the most famous things about Transformers in general because the, you have these huge alien creatures that are transforming to cars, planes, boats, giant monster creatures of awesomeness. And then you have these humans who, what do they do? Do they go with these giant creatures? Do they try to destroy these creatures? And it's really just an amazing relationship to see them. I agree with you. And I think it's kind of an interesting dynamic because, like you said, there are these amazing, and I'm, I've been such a Transformers geek for years. I've always loved them. You watch these majestic, gigantic robots that are smart and they can fly and they turn into great vehicles. And then you think, what could the humans possibly bring to the party that these bots could not do on their own? But when they work together, they do bring their areas of expertise. They do bring, most importantly, their knowledge of Earth, which is where this is taking place and where a lot of the Transformers, you know, all of it is taken place so the humans have the home field advantage so it's sort of a great relationship a nice symbiotic relationship where everyone helps each other it's really kind of cool no i definitely agree with that and like i said transformers are famous for transforming into different types of vehicles of course a lot of transformers in the show robots in disguise actually transform into different things like monsters and a whole bunch of other cool stuff but if you could transform into any vehicle any creature what would it be Ah, that's a really, you know what? No one's asked me that. I love that. You know what? It would have to be something flying because as humans, we've been land bound, you know, unless we get in a boat or get in a plane. But the idea of being able to fly by yourself, we have, you know, have you seen Windblade on the show? You know, we caught one of the episodes that has Windblade and she turns into this incredible jet and the transformation is really, really cool. And when I saw that, I was like, yeah, I'd like to be a flying bot. I think because I'm always rolling around and fix it. You know, his transformation is basically turning his arms into different tools, right? So for me, I'd like to get sort of something 
something really majestic. So something flying, some sort of a jet or plane, maybe helicopter, but definitely something flying, Jerry. I would have to fly. I have to agree with you on that because I know Megatron's the bad guy, but come on, he can turn into a spaceship. I mean, who doesn't want to turn into a spaceship? That sounds amazing to me. So I would definitely agree with you. Something that can fly and just touch the sky, literally. Exactly. And that's what's, but you know what, Jerry, this is one of the things that I think is so cool about the show and Transformers as a franchise in general is that even the bad guys, as ruthless and as terrible as they can be, there's still something kind of cool about the way they look and the way the toys look. So it's one of those rare things where I think the villains become as popular as the good guys, as the Autobots, because they look so cool. The transformations are great and there's just something really intriguing about them. So yeah, even though he can, you know, he's a bad guy the whole flight thing i think puts megatron at a different level yeah you know some kids envy him but they still kind of are angry at him because he is the bad guy well of course and starscream also starscream has also been one of these incredible flying (laughs) bad guys but he looks so cool and i had the toy i had the starscream toy and i thought it was one of the coolest that i had but you know i still have to favor the autobots because i am one but i can still appreciate the skills of the other transformers of course i definitely have to agree with that can you share anything about the future of the story for the show the future of the story? You know what? I, I can't give away too much because they like the show itself to give away everything that's going to happen without us spoiling for any of the viewers. But I think what you're seeing now, if you've watched, I don't know if everyone has seen the entire first season. The entire first season has already aired. And one of the things that we talked about, of course, was the relationship between the humans and the Autobots. But the other thing is, and I think we're going to see this built up on when future episodes, is we have Bumblebee as the main character, the leader of our Autobot team. And in almost every other Transformers universe, or every iteration of Transformers, we've seen Optimus Prime being the leader. So this is sort of a departure from what we're used to. And I think having Bumblebee as the leader, starting out sort of as not really sure if he can live up to what Optimus was to him, and seeing him grow as a leader, that's something I think in future episodes you are going to see more of. More of Bumblebee exploring that leadership role and sort of filling that leadership role a little bit differently. And of course, I I can't give away anything, but you're going to see tons of Decepticons that are both lovable and hateable at the same time. But what, what I really like is we focus a lot on the show about on relationships, whether it's the humans and the bots or the Autobots together coming together as a team and each bringing something a little different to the table in terms of expertise, whether it's strong arm or Grimlock yeah. or Sideswipe or B or Fix-It. They each bring a little something different. Yeah. So watching those relationships sort of grow and expand, that's something you should definitely look forward to and something I look forward to as both an actor and a fan of the show. So the more we get to do, the more fun it is to actually voice these projects. Yeah, I definitely agree and it is very exciting. You're listening to the Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. And today we will talk about the Tomorrowland DVD release and the release of Aladdin Diamond Edition, which is on Blu-ray. So definitely check that out. And also we're going to be talking about the TV series Doozer, specifically the Spooky Palooza episode. So right now we're going to continue talking to Mitchell. He's kind of talking about the future of the series of Transformers, Robots in Disguise, and how it's going to be some pretty cool stuff, including Bumblebee kind of becoming a leader himself and like taking on all the things that Optimus Prime did. Absolutely, yeah. So my next question is, do you relate to your character Fix-It at all? Yeah, you know, I I think there is something definitely relatable for me because he is the technology guy. I've been a technology guy my whole life. In fact, I actually have a tech show that I do every week on Sirius XM called Your Tech Report. So I've always been into technology and and the fact that Fix-It is their main tech guy. He's the guy that fixes everything. He's which So I guess he's appropriately named, right? But he's also the guy that because he's the one that sort of was the custodian of the prison ship that lands on Earth that releases all 
the Decepticons on Earth, he knows who all the bad guys are. So he has this Rolodex in, both in his head and attached to the computer where he's able to identify and give all the exposition as to who all the bad bots are, what their characteristics are, what their weapons are. So I, I can definitely relate to being that guy behind the scenes because I have been that guy behind the scenes that has all the information that people come to for help with computers in that respect and the fact that he has a good sense of humor about it. But I think as you'll see as the series progresses, should I say there's more to him than meets the eye if I hit that cliche over the head for you too much. But we learn there's a little bit more to fix it than just his ability to pilot a ship and to keep the other you know Decepticon prisoners in line. We find out he's got some powers of his own, which I thought was really exciting. And for me, every week having this comedic character, having me a tough guy for a couple of episodes, that was particularly rewarding for me. Sounds very exciting. I can't wait to see more of Fix It. Do you have a favorite episode of the first season so far? Oh my gosh, there are so many. Someone asked me this before, a while back, and there is an episode where Sideswipe, who's voiced by Darren Chris, who's from Glee and Broadway and film, he's done a lot of stuff. And for the most part, Jerry, we record this uh, as an ensemble. We record this as a group, which when you're doing an animated show is really cool because all the actors are there. You get to work off of each other and have fun. Darren wasn't there for this particular episode, so I never got to see his performance. So I watched the episode when it, when it aired on Cartoon Network, and I was laughing. It was an episode where his head becomes detached from his body. And basically, we have to carry his head around to protect it because we can't. We, we, <laughs> we have a hard time attaching it to his body. And his performance was so good, and I hadn't seen it before. I hadn't heard it before because we weren't in the same booth recording together. And I was laughing so hard. His performance was so good. And you forget when you don't have the luxury of visuals when you're recording an animated series, you have to tell the whole story with your voice. You don't have the ability to make a facial expression, body language. You don't see any of that when you're actually recording. You rely on just using your voice to tell the story. And he did such a great job, Darren did, of just giving life to this particular episode as Sideswipe. It just killed me. So that would probably have to be my favorite memory. Sounds like an exciting and funny episode, and I agree with you that voice acting is a lot harder. I mean, you don't have to memorize the script, nor do you have to get all dressed up every day. But still, you have to use your voice for every single thing, except you can use your body like you can do in any live action TV or movie. So my next question is actually kind of about live action. You've done both live action and voice acting. What do you yep. think you prefer better? Oh, God, that that is so tough. I You know, I like them both for different reasons. Obviously, doing television and film, you get that sort of, especially doing television, if you're doing a weekly series, which I've done a bunch of different times, you get that immediate reaction from the audience because it's sort of the best, doing a television show is the best combination of doing live theater and doing a movie where you have, you know, you're taping something, but you also have an audience there. So that's incredibly fun and rewarding. But for the voice world, there's, like you said, Jerry, there's more of a challenge there. Having to tell that whole story without the luxury of people being able to see you, there's something really challenging there yeah. as an actor. And also, it's kind of liberating as an actor because actors in live action are mostly judged on their appearance before they're even cast in anything. So there are a lot of roles that I can voice where they don't see me, where I can sound like the part that they would never cast me for because I don't look like the part. So it's sort of a really cool thing for an actor to be able to play all these different parts. I'm still playing 17-year-olds. And <laughs> if you saw me, believe me, you'd know I was no 17-year-old. So there's something sort of really fun about being able to voice all these different roles that you would never get cast for in film and television because you don't look the part. So as an actor, voice work is incredibly liberating in that way. It's a very good point and many other good points. Thank you so much for talking to me about all your work, including Transformers. If you'd like to see the new episodes from Transformers Robots in Disguise, you can see them on Cartoon Network. There is a DVD that is actually out now with a few of the episodes from the series, so definitely check that out. Mitchell, thank you so much. Let's hey, take Jerry, a break. thanks yeah. for having me. Hope to come back soon. Thank you. I hope you come back soon as well. Let's take a break. I'm Jerry Orse, and you're listening to Kids vs. Coming Attractions. And this show is sponsored by Doozers, which is by Encircle Entertainment. 
Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Bookworm is a show for the reader and those that should probably be reading a little more. We'll tackle the classics, the bestsellers, and the brand new works that you won't be able to put down. Your host will be combing the pages of them all and letting you know what needs to be in your personal library and what might be better reading for the bathroom. Tune in to Bookworm, airing Thursdays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. We promise that listening will be just like delving into a good book. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. Hey, and welcome back. I'm Raven, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. So right now, we are going to dive into Tomorrowland, the DVD and Blu-ray. And we have with us Jerry and Morgan. Jerry, how are you doing today? I am doing completely wonderful. How about you? I am doing completely wonderful as well. I like that. And how about you, Morgan? I'm doing fantastic. Awesome. Glad to hear it. Uh, So, Morgan, why don't you tell us what you thought of Tomorrowland? I thought Tomorrowland was just simply futuristic. It kind of reminded me of the Jetsons, but more for a little bit like more adultish. And I really love that. And I thought it was just an absolutely fantastic film. And Jerry, talk to me a little bit about the cast, because we have some huge names in this, like George Clooney, Tim McGraw. We have Britt Robertson, who is a huge up and coming actress. So what did you think of the cast and how they sort of worked together to tell this futuristic fantasy tale? Well, when you have George Clooney, you already know it's going to be fantastic. <laughs> George Clooney. He's definitely a legendary actor, and so is Britt Robertson. She also did a wonderful job, and they're all together. The rest of the cast, they all work together perfectly. You have Hugh Larry, Thomas Robertson, uh, Rafi Cassidy, and they all just did perfect, wonderful, and it's just kind of, the acting is just one of the best parts of it, because they talk to each other so smoothly and so perfectly. Britt Robertson, she kind of has a little bit of sass and a little bit of independence, which George Clooney doesn't see at first. George Clooney's his character, Frank Walker, 
first sees Casey as this little girl who doesn't know anything, but then Britt Robertson character Casey shows that she's rather independent and strong, which I think is perfect. So you can see the characters evolve with the movie. Absolutely. And going along the topic of, you know, the cast and the actors, Morgan, do you have a favorite character or a character that really stood out to you for some reason? I'd have to say Athena, but I just like was bawling my eyes out in the end. Um, No spoiler alerts here. Mm Mm-hmm. But I was just, like, crying so badly. And I think that's really why I really had a connection with her. And I kind of, like, saw myself in her. Because mm-hmm. it looked like we were the same age and everything. So I was like, that's me. <laughs> well, that's awesome. I think it's it's really cool when you find a film that you're able to relate to. And definitely, if you see a lot of yourself in a character, I think it really draws you into the movie experience even more so. So, since you brought up the fact that you were crying a lot, Tomorrowland is classified as an action adventure and it definitely has a little bit of sci-fi in it but Jerry what other genres do you think could fit into Tomorrowland? I definitely think that drama and comedy kind of also play a little bit of a role. There's definitely not a lot of drama but it isn't from the trailer show this super happy amazing film about this legendary city that has all these cool inventions. It's not even close to that. The actual story like kind of actual ending of it is very interesting very unique very surprising and I'm not going to spoil it because it is pretty epic but for those who know and they're nodding yeah it is very different than what the trailer shows and it's definitely a drama towards the end there's a lot of intense dramatic scenes not just from action but through the conversations between characters and at the beginning through the middle of the film you see quite a lot of comedy and perfect jokes and Rafi Cassidy, who plays Athena, her character's just perfect for the comedy and the drama. Her character is just, she's also my favorite. It's just definitely one of the best characters in the movie. That's wonderful. It sounds like this film not only has some well-rounded characters with a lot to offer, but also a very well-rounded plot with a lot of bits and pieces that can appeal to what seems like a wide range of audience. And, you know, it doesn't matter if you like action or comedy or drama. It seems like any family would be able to find something in this film for them. So let's talk a little bit about the visuals and the special effects because there is this legendary futuristic city that looks absolutely breathtaking. So Morgan, what did you think about the visuals and the way the CGI played out? Eye candy. It was eye candy all over the place. My eyes were like darting all over the place and I'm so happy that I got to see it as a movie and on the DVD because I had to watch it again. I was like, I need to watch this again. I didn't get to catch all the details and the second time I would just, I want to live there so bad and the second time just seeing it all again and it was just amazing and just fantastic. That's wonderful. Well, as Morgan mentioned, it is on DVD and Blu-ray, and it is in stores on October 13th. So you definitely have to make sure you check it out, because if seeing Tomorrowland once wasn't enough, which I'm sure it wasn't, you can check it out again. And as everyone mentioned, you know, it has so many bits and pieces to it that for family movie night, this is one of those movies that would be perfect for everyone. Uh, So thank you guys so much for talking with me about Tomorrowland. As I said, it is in stores so make sure you check it out you've been listening to kids first coming attractions and today we have been talking about transformers tomorrowland do's your spooky palooza and right now we are going to continue talking about aladdin the diamond edition uh we are going to bring in Haley. how are you today 
I'm great. How are you? I am doing very well. Glad that you can join us on this conversation. So I think all of us know and love Aladdin. It is one of my personal favorite Disney classics. I love it. I was in the play Aladdin. I think it's amazing. So let's talk a little bit about the Diamond Edition because it is on DVD and Blu-ray. So Haley, can you talk to us about some of the bonuses and special features that are included on this Diamond Edition package? Well, the bonus feature shows a deleted song made by Jafar, and it was named My Finest Hour. It's when he sings during one part of the movie, but they changed it in the original movie to him just talking and speaking throughout it. But I like the song because it really showed all the actions through the movie and explained what's happening through an entertaining song. That's wonderful. I think it's super cool that they were able to include, I mean, everybody sings along to the songs and knows all of the songs. So I think that's amazing, especially for fans to be able to, you know, find something new to enjoy about this wonderful story. So Jerry, I'm sure you've seen this movie dozens and dozens of times. What is something about this film that really resonates with you that makes it special throughout the years, even though, you know, I'm sure we've all seen it dozens of times. It never gets old. So I think one of the classics about Aladdin is that it is so different than all the films before it. It is so different than Cinderella. It is so different than Beauty and the Beast. It's not a story of some princess and some prince meeting up, then they run some problem and they unseparate. It actually has so many references to a lot of problems that are going on. Like, for example, the fact that Aladdin is homeless and poor, even though it takes place in the Middle Eastern, it still shows that. And the thing that the princess is stuck in the castle and she has to marry whoever her father says and how there's corruption and all that. And I just love how they show a Disney classic kind of shows all these problems and shows that it's not just always happy and all of that. There's also a lot of things, but I think one of my favorite things about Aladdin is just the story is so original. It's so much different than any other Disney film yet. And I think it's definitely one of my favorite films ever I've ever seen. I agree with you. I think something that really made this film stand out, and my parents talk about this too, is it really broke sort of the tradition of Disney classics and set up a new playing field. It set up kind of the format for The Lion King and, you know, movies similar to that because it not only changed the, you know, it's a a Disney princess who's like all all sweet and whatever, but it also brought in a realm of comedy. I think it brought in something for parents to enjoy. That's what my dad always says. He was like, Aladdin was the first Disney movie that I as an adult was able to like really enjoy. So I think it really broke a lot of barriers. So Morgan... This film features amazing, talented voice actors, including the, I'm going to cry, but the wonderful, wonderful Robin Williams. So what do you think of the voice actors and the songs in this classic film? I absolutely love them, and I'm with you. I absolutely loved his character as the genie. He was my favorite. He's the best. And I love him, and watching it again made me remember a lot, including the songs and the monkey. I know, he's adorable, and I absolutely love the story. And I have a huge, huge crush on Aladdin. <laughs> like, to watch this again just reminded me of the little me, like, oh. And Robin Williams is just spectacular. I would love him as a genie. He's a, he was a great comedian, and I think everybody should be able to watch this film. And even if they haven't, they should still watch it because, like you said, there are definitely tons of different 
great bonus features that you can watch, like extra songs, cast interviews that you got to see that were just simply amazing, and how I was actually really shocked to see that all the animators had to, like, draw this, like, three or four times before Mm -hmm. they got it to have the aspect of being in this place, being in the desert, and Mm -hmm. being able to have that aspect of just being back then. Yeah, I think it's super cool that they were able to include not only some new songs, as Haley mentioned earlier, but cast interviews and showing the process, because I personally love seeing how animated films were created, because normally we just get to see the end product, when really there's years and years and hours and so many hundreds of people involved in creating this finished product. So I think it's wonderful that the Diamond Edition was able to include that. So guys, make sure you check out the DVD and Blu-ray Diamond Edition of Aladdin. I guarantee all of you love Aladdin, so you would be wise to check this out. Haley, Morgan, and Jerry, thank you so much for talking with me about this film. It was wonderful speaking with all of you. Well, thank you. Nice being with you as well. It's nice talking to you guys. <laughs> Let's take a break. I'm Raven Devaney, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. This week's show is brought to you by Doozers from Encircle Entertainment. We don't care how you got here. We're just glad you showed up. You're listening to Voice America Kids. To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Have you heard your 15 minutes of fame? How about four times that every single week? It's the fame game. Listen as Maddie Rose, who is up and coming in the world of fame, brings you fame from all walks of life. You'll hear from doctors, teachers, mentors, life heroes, as well as those in the fields of acting, movies, music, and more. Who knows? You might be the next one Maddie Rose talks to on the air. Listen for the fame game every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids Channel. Sometimes we may sound strange, but remember, we're just kids with opinions. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm Jerry Orris, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We have been talking about quite a lot of 
fantastic films, including Aladdin, the Diamond Edition, Tomorrowland DVD release, and we also talked to Mitchell Whitfield, plays Fix in Transformers Robot in Disguise, and does a whole bunch of other roles, all cool stuff, a whole bunch of cool guests. But right now we're going to talk to Ryan about the new DVD, Doozer, Spooky Palooza. So Ryan, how are you doing? I'm doing very well. How are you? I am doing fantastic. Thank you for asking. So overall, what is your opinion of the DVD and the things that are in the DVD? Well, I found it amusing, the DVD in general. And some features are there is you could select the scene you want, or you could just play all of the episodes. All right, and can you tell us the plot of the episodes, please? There's many different episodes, and the episodes have a common goal of teamwork and, like, working together and using creativity. And what is your favorite scene? My favorite scene would have to be, I don't want to get into too much detail, but they were telling stories, and there was this one story where one of the animals turned on the owner, and they had to find a way to stop it by tricking it. I liked how they used their creativity to be able to trick it. That sounds like a very... Very interesting scene. And these are spooky paloozas meant for younger kids, right? Yes. So how do you think a younger child will enjoy this? For my age group, they might find this a little boring. For little kids, I think they would enjoy it because some kids are being introduced to working together. And this would be a good example to show how it looks like working together as a team. And does each episode have a separate moral or is the whole series doesn't have the same moral? They all have the same moral. All right. And do you have a favorite character of the group? of characters. My favorite character would actually be Daisy Wheel Doozer. I say that because me and her relate a lot because we're both the youngest amongst our peers and I like that even though she is the smallest in her group and the youngest, she's able to do stuff on her own. Hmm, she sounds like a fantastic character. You know, I really loved all the characters. They're just a great bunch together and I thought they worked so well together and the conversating was really smooth. So this is a uh, voice acting. They have to voice act to, for this. So how is the voice acting? They sound really good in this because it doesn't sound like, oh, this person sounds a little bit weird. The volume was perfect. And I like the voices like Spike, Molly, Daisy Wheel, because I love the voice talent. Millie Davis, Jacob Iwankyu, Jenna Warren, and Trek Busino. And do you think this is like an action, a drama, a comedy, adventure? What do you think it is? I think it's like an educational adventure. I give this like an adventure and educational. I say educational because it's talking about teamwork. And it's it's really important that kids know about teamwork. And I say adventure because... There's an adventure that they have to, like, solve by using teamwork. I think, overall, the show is really nice because it is, like you said, a great show for young kids to teach them about morals. What do you think about the animation? How's the animation? I really found it very adorable because the characters were so cute and they looked really nice. And the background, it was really set for a kid. It was, like, very colorful. Like, it had, like, many different colors and not, like, dark. It was, like, very bright and happy. So perfect for young children. Yes. You're listening to the Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. Today we'll be talked about the Aladdin Diamond Edition DVD, Tomorrowland DVD, and the bonus features for both. And we also talked to Mitchell Whitfield, plays Fix-It and Transformers Robots in the Skies. Right now we're talking to Ryan about Doozer Spooky Palooza, which is a DVD that is out in stores near you. Definitely check it out. We're talking about how the animation is very bright, the morals are perfect, so overall it's a great show for younger kids. How is the directing like? The camera shots and the story 
story overall? The story is really good. I say it's, well, not good, excellent, because I like how they were able to put this plot into 11 minutes because each episode's about 11 minutes. And I like how there wasn't too many jump shots, so you'd just see that entire scene with not a lot of different camera angles. And since the DVD is kind of separated into episodes, like you said, which episode or a specific story is your favorite? My favorite would actually be when they are trying to weigh a watermelon. So the way they do it is by actually making a huge scale so they can weigh it. And they use it by getting materials and using their creativity to imagine how it look, and then they finally build it. That's another thing I like about the show. They kind of try to make kids be creative instead of just following a pattern. They try and make kids follow their own pattern. If they want to build a giant pink rocket ship, go ahead, you know? And that's what I like about these shows, that they're trying to get kids to be not only smart and nice to each other, but also creative and intelligent. So very nice job to them. And how would you say the kind of story of it, like the actual originality of the story? Do you think it's predictable at all? Sort of, because the moral lesson is predictable because the first three episodes, it was talking about teamwork, and I sort of got the idea of what it was about, and the plot was predictable because I knew there had to be a situation where they would have to work together and use teamwork. And how many stars would you give this? I would give this five out of five stars because I felt like it was perfect. There was nothing really to not like about it. I just really liked it. And how about an age rating? An age rating, I would give it between the ages three to eight. And why is that? Because kids in this age will understand and will get an idea of what teamwork is and they will be able to use it in real life. But kids over the age know this and they might find this a little boring because they already know about this. You know, I definitely agree. It's a really good show, but it's definitely not meant for like nine, ten year olds. It's definitely meant for younger kids to kind of get the idea in their head, creativity, teamwork. While they're young and they're still learning basic things like that. So I definitely agree with you on that. And who would you recommend this to? Would you recommend this to people who love stories, people who love adventures? I would recommend this to people who like educational and adventure type. I would recommend this to people who like adventure and educational DVDs. All right. And there is a soundtrack in this because there's a few songs they sing. So how's the soundtrack? The soundtrack, I really like it because it has a nice positive message saying how they finally accomplished their goal. You know, it's always and is it not like repetitive? Like there's a song here, there's a song there. At the end of the episode, they would repeat the song where they would accomplish their goal. So that was like sort of a theme song in a way at the end of the episode. And each soundtrack, it's uh, each song, it's good. Yeah, I I think that kids would really like it because that's it's very catchy and it has a nice like rhythm and idea. Well, that's great. It's kind of a bummer when the show itself is good, but then there's either songs that are either terribly made or there's just too many of the songs. And were you ever bored at times yourself? Sometimes, like in the episodes, because I was watching it all. And then when I was at my fourth episode, I found it a little bit boring because I knew it was going to happen. Like there was going to be a situation and they would have to use teamwork to fix it. 
So you could say it was like a little bit boring once you got to see like all the episodes. But uh, I'm older, so I'm not sure for all ages. I see. Well, thank you so much for talking to me about Doozers, uh, Spooky Palooza. Thank you for having me here. Of course. If you'd like to get the DVD, it is now in stores from the ARU. So definitely check that out. Let's take a break. I'm Jerry Orris, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. And this show is sponsored by Doozers by N-Circle Entertainment. Kid Talk, we perfected it, and at a very young age. You're listening to Voice America Kids. To become a Kids First Film Critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year, or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. They say you can't change the weather, but we already have. And if we've changed it for the worse, let's change it for the better. Tune in to The Climate Opportunity, a two-hour special hosted by Beth Green and Dr. Grant Dean. Expert guests, Professor Scott Denning, Chef Laura Steck, video journalist Peter Sinclair, and Kelsey Wirth of Women Out Front will share how we can improve our lives while improving our weather. Listen on Inside Out Radio, Tuesday, November 11th, starting at 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Presented by Inside Out Radio and Voice America. The longer you listen, the later it gets. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. Hey, and welcome back. I'm Raven, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. So right now, we are going to be talking about the new film, Bridge of Spies, starring the one and only Tom Hanks, who I love, and we have with us Jerry. Uh, so Jerry, what did you think of this film? It looks absolutely amazing. Bridge of Spies, oh my god. I've never done this before, and I'm really scared to do this, but I'm predicting this is going to win, win a, a movie of the year, because Ooh. this film was legendary. I mean, as soon as you see who's directed by Steven Spielberg, and who's in it, Tom Hanks. You already know it's going to be an Oscar winner because Steven Spielberg, Tom Hanks, they are like the dream team. 
And the rest of the cast, it's so amazing. The film itself, it's dramatic. It's intense. It has that perfect sign of dramedy that's famous with Steven Spielberg. He does such a great job at it. The camera shots, each shot has its own special shot, like, in Feel depth to it. Look. Yeah. yeah. And you kind of say and look at each shot, like, that's a pretty good shot. And, okay. you know, when you think of the Cold War, you think of, like, action and spies and all of that. But this film does a pretty good job of showing kind of the politics behind what was really going on and how a lot of people had to stand up and be heroes and be noble and were hated for in both the United States and Russia. I personally find these type of historical biographical types of Hollywood movies a lot more interesting when they are showing sort of the behind the scenes political aspects of it. I of course love action and war movies and whatnot, but I, I just find this type of film so much more interesting and so much more enthralling. And so I, again, the fact that Steven Spielberg is directing it, I think is wonderful. And Tom Hanks is starring in it. So I may have to, I may have to back you up on that. I think, I think you could be right. So can you talk a little bit about Tom Hanks' performance in this film? Because he's playing James B. Donovan, who is a real person. So how do you think he did sort of embodying this character and this this man who really did a lot? He did legendary. James B. Donovan is a pretty tricky character to play because he is a very smart and intelligent lawyer. And he knows when the politicians are saying something or kind of hinting at it, he knows it immediately. He's very noble and brave, too, because... I'm not going to say the full thing, but there is a scene where they had the option to just go back to the United States from somewhere and just leave a citizen of the United States behind. And he said, no, we are not leaving until we get both United States citizens back or we're not going anywhere. And no other lawyer would do that. And it just shows the character. And Tom Hanks does a perfect job of imitating James. And I think they work together so well that Tom Hanks makes the character come to life. And Steven Spielberg does a legendary way of showing the character. So this film encompasses a lot of drama and suspense. How do you think the director, Steven Spielberg, was able to work in the intensity while also keeping it so that the audience doesn't have like a heart attack while they're in the theater? I think he did a fantastic job. This isn't like Jurassic World where it's borderline scary. It is a very, it has a lot of comedy. It has a good amount of jokes. But again, this is during the Cold War and specifically during Britain, during the Berlin Wall. So it is a very dark time for many people. For people who don't know, Berlin Wall was a time where half of Berlin was cut off from food, water, any other resources that people need to live. And Berlin is a very cold place. Mm -hmm. So, I think he does a fantastic job of making it so people feel for the characters and are on the edge of the seat for the entire film, but still they are entertained. There's jokes. It's a fantastic story, so it's not predictable. And I absolutely just loved it. I mean, one scene, I swore to God that it would happen one way and it didn't. (laughs) Well, that's awesome. Especially, I feel like a lot of times I go into films that talk about history being like, oh, well, it's not going to surprise me because it already happened. I already know what happens, whatever. But that's that's just a perfect example. Like you thought something was going to go one way and it went the other. So that's wonderful. Uh, so I know you mentioned a little bit about the you know, camera angles having a really specific feel and Steven Spielberg is just so artful with his work with cinematography and whatnot. What about the rest of the visuals from costumes and set design and lighting and color scheme? What sort of helped give this period piece its feel? 
they did a really nice job. You know, they made it really look like that. It was the 1950s, 60s. I don't know the exact year. I think it was 1962, 1964, something like that. But anyway, they did a really nice job looking like it's the winter. It's during the Cold War. It's not a very good time for anybody. Everybody's finding each other. It's a very intense time for so many first world countries, like especially United States and Russia. And for Germany, Germany is going downhill very quickly because of the Berlin Berlin Wall. And they do a great job with the lighting. I know one scene on the bridge, the camera shots are legendary. They did a very nice job with camera shots, especially on the bridge. But the lighting is wonderful, so you can just barely see the other side of the bridge. But you can see the lights from the other side of the bridge, so you can just see the outline of people. And it's just perfect for the scenes. You know, Steven Spielberg, he does a wonderful job of making sure that the it's not just perfect, but it's over perfect. It's like 110%. Well, that sounds like a very Steven Spielberg thing to do. This is definitely a masterpiece of a film. Tom Hanks is incredible. The rest of the cast is incredible. It's an incredible story that if you don't know, I think you should definitely see this movie. And even if you know the story, see it because it's wonderful. Uh, so it is in theaters now. To make sure you check it out. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. And right now we are going to shift gears and start talking about Star Wars Rebels, which is a TV series, not the typical Star Wars series. So, Jerry, could you tell me just a little bit about this TV series? Yeah, of course. So Star Wars Rebels, I'm going to try to make it as basic as possible for people who's never seen Star Wars. If you've never seen Star Wars, I want you to go buy a copy of the whole series right now. Like, yes. It's a mandatory. How dare you? <laughs> but it takes place in between Episode 3 and Episode 4, and it's kind of a time, really bad time for the good guys. The Empire, which used to be the good guys, is now taking over the almost the whole galaxy, and they're pretty much dictating it. Lord Vader, Darth Vader, Anakin Skywalker, whatever you want to call him, he is evil now, and there's a whole bunch of evil people. There's no Jedis, the good guys, and there's rebels here and there, and it concentrates on a group of rebels and very remaining Jedi Knight who tries to train this Jedi Padawan, but he really never got his full training. So he is having a hard time. Kind of looks at the relationship between the characters and that fantastic TIE fighter fights we all love and Jedi duels and all of that. And it's just like, it's one of those perfect Star Wars things that kind of holds you on until the next episode. Cough, episode seven, cough. (laughs) Well, that's wonderful. Uh, My little brother, who's 11, he loves Star Wars, as most 11-year-old boys do. And he, he watches Star Wars Rebels religiously. And this is an animated TV series. So how do you think it compares, not visually, obviously, to the live-action series, but storyline and character representation? How do you think it fits in with the rest of the story? No, I think they did a really nice job, and specifically on the animation. Like, the story itself, they fit it very nicely. They make sure, which I like about this kind of Star Wars TV shows, that they make sure there's a lot of times when it would be perfect that it went the other way for the show, but they did do a very nice job, so everything fits perfectly. It kind of thing is because you already know, oh, he won't go to jail and stay yeah. there forever. But it's still very nice to see some characters from the Star Wars movies we all love. The animation specifically, it relates a lot to the last TV show, the big TV show uh, related to Star Wars, Star Wars The Clone Wars, which um, aired its last episode like two, three years ago. Mm-hmm. And the animation is almost exactly like that. It's 3D animation, but it's not exactly the same as any other 3D animation. It's kind of hard to describe. It's almost simple, but nice. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I definitely get that feel from it, where it's not, it's not like a frozen type of animation in in that, but it it is very similar to Clone Wars, which my little brother also watched, so <laughs> I in uh, proximity watched that as well. So you also attended the press junket for this and press day for this, right? I did indeed. So talk to me a little bit about that. Who did you get to meet? What did you talk to about? Like, fill me in. I got to talk to specifically uh, Vanessa Marshall, who plays Harry, and she was very nice. I got to learn a lot about Star Wars Rebels and her career, but I got to do a Q&A with the entire cast. We got the director and creator, Dave Filoni. We got Freddie Prinze Jr., Stephen Blunt, Taylor Gray, and a whole bunch of other fantastic actors, and it was kind of nice to see them all, and I remember something that Dave Filoni said is that he kind of just had an idea like, oh, for this episode, maybe we should do this, or maybe the character should do this, which I kind of like, and you kind of see that in Star Wars Clone Wars, like these epic adventures that may have been very surprising to happen in the actual, like, full storyline, and it's happening to Star Wars Rebels too, like, one day, maybe they should meet up with character from Clone Wars, or maybe this should happen. And I think he did a very nice job with that, because this is what we want to see. Man, I wonder if the characters ran into this situation. What would happen? Well, that's awesome. I think it's super cool that you got to talk with people about that. And this, if you if you can't wait for the new Star Wars to come out, you can definitely check out Star Wars Rebels. It is on Disney XD Wednesday nights. So make sure you check that out. And Jerry, thank you so much for talking with me all about this wonderful TV series. Thank you so much for talking to me about Star Wars and Bridge of Spies, both epic things. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you so much for joining us. You've been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. To watch our video reviews of the latest films and DVD releases and learn how you can become part of the Kids First Film Critic family, go to www.kidsfirst.org. Be sure to check out our blog in the teen section of Huffington Post as well. This show is produced by the Coalition for Quality Children's Media on Voice America Kids Network, and today's show was sponsored by Doozers by InCircle Entertainment. Thanks for listening. you again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Now you know more about which movies are playing and can make an informed decision. Tune in again next week. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market.